Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. So before I get started here, we want to talk about, again, about the law of opposites. The law of opposites. If you get this right here, if you get this particular message for all of us in this room, if you get this message, it'll take you a long ways. And we said that the law is what? It is. It's a principle, a law, uh, consequences that come from predict or predictable consequences from a particular action. And so whatever actions we have, we can predict what's going to happen in our, in our lives uh, based upon the action itself and the consistency of that action. So we're going to talk about the law of opposites, the law of opposites. I was, I was uh, my wife and I last weekend, we took a, a little trip, a little getaway for our, her birthday and our anniversary. And while we were there in the hotel room, we watched the program with Bryant Gumbel. Anyone seen his program on, uh, on HBO, um, Real Sports or Real Something? Is it Real Sports? Real Sports. And on there, he was, he had a, uh, uh, he was interviewing someone who was talking about athletics in Norway and how they are rising to the, to the elite status in winning awards and, and gold medals and performing at a high level um, in, uh, in, the, in the world arena of sports. And so this guy has gone all around, around the world looking at sports, recreational sports, youth sports, and then all the way up to um, professional sports. And uh, he said um, one that has stood out a lot, I mean, just, just they, whatever they're doing, they are, they are, they are raising up these top-notch athletes. And so this guy, having studied all of them, uh, he said that he asked the people in Norway, what, what is it that you do? And he said, we do everything opposite of the United States of America. He said, we do everything opposite of the United States of America. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, that really made me curious. What is the program? My wife and I, we both sat there and watched it. And he said, he, they do everything opposite of the United States of America. So, and I know we would, some of us would immediately balk at this. Their youth sports, none of them keep score. All the way up to age 12. Already, we already, we are, we're like, some of us are already like, no, that, 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 how can that possibly work, right? Because we keep score from four years old. Matter of fact, three years old, we're keeping score, right? So we're keeping score, and we're competing. And I think we're in a hyper state of it now. We're in hyper, a hyper state of competition now, meaning that it, competition is everything to us. My child doing better. How my child is doing. And so parents are livid these days in the stands. Watching their child compete. And they're upset. And they're out of it. And, they're, and they said, we, do, we don't even do that. As a matter of fact, it's a federal law against keeping score. 
in games. Not only that, but they also, and I'm not saying that we should uh, do this. I'm just saying that it's working for them, okay? They also do this. Every child can compete if they want to. In other words, they keep their fees for competing so low that if a child wants to, they can compete. It's very fordo- uh, uh, um, affordable to do it. Not only that, but if the child can't do it, they just let them do it anyway. If they can't afford to do it, they just let them do it anyway. So their pool of athletes is bigger than our pool of athletes because everyone gets to compete. So at age 12, they're not burnt out. They're, they are rip-running and ready to go because they have done things different than we have done them. We, we've done it in such a way where we have competed and we've put so much emphasis on the competition and on the individual competing. Are y'all are with me? I need, I need your eyes the whole time, okay? Just, you don't have to do it no other time in church, but today you got to look at me the whole time, all right? You can, after today, if you don't want to, that's on you, but today you get to look at me. All right. So, so the whole time, they are hyper competitive. And what they have not had is burnout. When the kids get to a point where they can compete, where score does matter, they have a wonderful pool of kids who love the game. And not only that, but they have a large pool of kids to pick from. And then they get serious about it, but the heart of it, they still love the game. They still want to be in it. And so I'm saying that not to make a, uh, uh, to add an opinion on the way we ought to do it or not. I'm just saying the opposite. They chose to do things the opposite of the United States of America. They chose to take a different route. They chose to not be so hyper-competitive. And wait, not, it's not that they're not competitive. They just chose not to do it early in life. They chose not to have these exorbitant um, fees to, to play a sport and pay so much money to, to play at such an early age. They didn't do it that way, yet they're getting the results. And so what we want is results, right? Right? Everything in our system is, is super competitive. That's why some kids who academically don't do as well as others are deemed not smart. Well, I want you to know God didn't make any junk whatsoever. None of us. I don't care if you're an average student, A, B student, A, honor roll student, just barely get along student, you're not junk. And you got to know that. Because the world, because we are in a hyper state of competition, we're constantly thinking about the grade, not only for our sake, but also how are we beating someone else out. Well, that devalues your gift. That devalues what God has made you and what he has put inside of you. So you can't compare yourself with others to determine how successful you will be in life. Because if you do, you're already a failure when you judge yourself by others. So the law of opposites. Listen to this. I'm going to read several scriptures to you. Let's start with verse 
John chapter 12 and verse 20. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem to the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. And they said, sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it, and they, were, and they went together to ask Jesus. And Jesus replied, now the time has come and the Son of Man to, for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servant must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Verse 25 is the scripture we want to we highlight. It says, those who love their life in this world will lose it. And those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. That's the law of opposites. Those who love their lives, it says, will lose their lives. But those who want to keep their lives, that they must hate their lives. Or they must, uh, as it says here, nothing in their life in this world will keep it for eternity. For those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. So I'll, I want to share several more scriptures with you, and I'm going to give you several points that I want you to take with you today. These are our cross-references. It's whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 25. Matthew, Mark chapter 8 verse 35 says, For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Luke chapter 9 and verse 24 says, For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And Luke chapter 14 verse 26 says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So we're talking about the law, the law of opposites. The law of opposites. And the law of opposites says this. In order to get your life, you got to be willing to lose your life. In order to have a life, you've got to be willing to give up a life. That's the law of opposites. Because everything we have been taught and everything that we are taught in this world is to do all that you can to gain your life, to keep your life to protect your life, to preserve your life, to get all that you can for your life. And God is saying, that's not the way to get your life. Now, we can either side with, with God or we can side with our thinking. And when, when we begin to side with our own thinking, we've got to ask ourselves the question, when's the last time any of us in this room at all have hung the stars? When's the last time any of us in this room have put the moon up in the air? 
up in the sky. When's the last time any of us have caused the galaxies to come into place, the planets to come into place, and not near one of them ever, ever touch one another and crash? When's the last time we've sustained a universe for thousands of years? Thousands of years. When's the last time any of us have been able to keep water and keep resources in the earth forever and ever and ever? When's the last time any of us in this room has been able to cause materials to come up out of the earth that have been a blessing like gold and silver and, and, and what do they have in Rakanda? Vibranium. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in there. Somehow I didn't get it. Vibra- vibranium, right? <laughs> Rakanda. <laughs> the opposites. So, so we need to listen to God. And God says this. He says, if we want a life, if we want a life, then in order to have a life, we must be willing to give up a life. That's a law. That's a principle. That means that whatever we want in life, what we need in life, we are going to have to be willing to give up our life to gain the life that God wants for us. And we may think that, well, am I giving up a superior life? How can we possibly be giving up a superior life than the life that God has planned for us? How can we possibly be giving up a life where the life that God says is far better is by giving up your own life? So when we talk about giving up our lives, we want to we uh, understand what that means exactly. So I want to give you several different things to think about. Number one, number one, value in this world is very temporary. Value in this world, things that we call valuable in this world, are very, very temporary. So none of the things that we have that we think are big time, I mean, you, you think about what, what you see on television, what, we, what the world kind of says is important, all of them are temporary. Not one of them are we able to go with us. When you die, when we die, there's nothing that we have that goes with us except our spirit and our soul. Our bodies don't even go with us. Our bodies stay here. And how many of us spend so much time working on our bodies? I know young people, I know you guys like to lift weights and get, you know, nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But all that muscle tissue stays right here, man. And the worms get the betterment of your muscles. The worms be chopping on some, some biceps and triceps and pecs. There's nothing wrong with it, though. We should be in good shape, but we should not ever think that our bodies are God's plan for our life, that our bodies are what make us significant. Our bodies are what make us likable. Our bodies are what cause people uh, or or cause us to make an impression in people's lives. They're not. They're just something that we have while we're here. It's just like keeping up your house. That's all it is. Can't take it with you. And so once you understand that, the law of opposites, keep yourself in shape. But don't allow it to be your sum total of all things in your life. Don't uh, attribute self-esteem according to your bodies because there's nothing you can take. Not only that, but everything in your life. Nothing that you have. You might get you a a new car. You know, you might get you a, a big house one day. But none of those things are significant relative to what God wants for your life. 
And so he says to us, the law of opposite says, give all of that up. Be willing to say that those things are not valid. Hate your life in this world for the sake of, of becoming what God wants you to become in your life. So value, value in this world is very temporary. Very, you, you can look back and look at some of the pictures, maybe of your parents, maybe of grandparents, and, and you'll see that all the things that were valuable to them or where they looked back 20, 30 years ago, they don't look that way anymore. And guess what? You ain't going to look that way 30 years from now. You're going to have to keep stuff up because stuff starts falling down. Y'all understand? So, so what am I saying to you? Pour into your life now and get the law of opposites now. Understand now that though I need to keep all these things in a positive direction, they're not what caused me to be important. All right? So importance comes from, comes from the will of God. Number two. The act of loving, finding, and what that means to love or to find is preserving, protecting, or guarding yourself is very natural and very intentional. In other words, what we do and what God is telling us not to do is don't protect your life. Don't watch out for your reputation. Don't try to guard your life. Let God, be, let God guard your life. Let God protect your life. Let, let God be the one who... Who, who gives your life value, that you don't have to do that. So when he says find your life, he says lose, the, lose this thing about I got I to gotta protect me. I got to watch out for me. You know, when I, when I played football as a, as a, in high school, uh, I didn't become an effective football player until I found out that, that I had to risk getting hurt. You know, I, I had to risk getting hurt because I was, I was protective. And I, if somebody was running at me full force, I'm, I'm, I'm bracing myself. I'm, I'm like, they're about to run over me. I got to, no. Once I found out, I got to run over them. In other words, I got to, I got to attack it. I've got to lose sight of getting hurt. And you too must do the same thing. Maybe you've been hurt before. Many people in this room right now have been hurt, and that's why they live a protected life, a, a life where they're watching over themselves so, to, so as to not get hurt again. I'm telling you, that's not the life that God has for us. No matter how difficult your life has been or how much hurt you've gone through, risk getting hurt. Risk be vulnerable because when you get involved with people, people and your way of handling people and your way of dealing with people and your way of, of putting your life into people's lives is what causes hurt but also causes great joy. And what makes your life significant is not what you do for yourself but what you do for others. That's what makes your life significant. That's what gives your life meaning. So don't, don't withhold no matter what you've gone through. Don't withhold yourself from others. Don't Try not to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Let me tell you something. 
Disappointment is engrafted or embedded in our system. It's there. So don't protect yourself from it. Because here's what I found out. Even when I was trying to protect myself from getting hurt, I still got hurt. But it's one thing to get hurt going forward, but it's another thing to get hurt going backwards. To get trampled on. See, one way you're getting hurt, but the other way you're getting trampled on top of, and that hurts more. So listen, don't worry. Don't worry about getting hurt. It's a part of life. One day you're going to have children. One day you, you may want to have children. How about that? But you want to have a wife first, and then you want to have children, okay? Right? In that order. Wife, children, okay? All right. So, so, so when you start having children and you stop and you, and you want to give your life over to your children, that's, guess what? There's going to be some disappointment there. There's going to be some hurt there. You, you guys, because your parents have loved you so much, in, in their love, there was some hurt because they did love you. And they do love you. But that's all right. That's the way we live life. If you don't want to get hurt, then don't have children. Did I say something wrong there? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Am, am, I, am I telling the truth? Can I get a witness out there? Amen. But, but that's part and parcel to our lives. That is our life. If I protect my life, then I'm not going to get married. And I'm going to try not to have any children. <laughs> but if I want a life that God wants for me, I'm going to get married, and I'm going to have children. It's the law of opposites. Number two, or number three, look at this. Life, a life of significance can only be found by finding one's life in Christ. A life of significance can only be found by finding one's life in Christ. Now, I want to, I want to share a scripture with you. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. Listen to this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose the way. And so your life and the significance of your life is by doing it God's way. So here's a good barometer or here's a good way of measuring whether or not you're in, in, in the right lane with God is do everything opposite of the populace. Are you hearing me? I can guarantee your success that if you do everything opposite of the majority, you want to know how you're going to be successful? Everyone in this room, you want to know how you're going to be successful? Everybody stand to your feet except you guys. The law of opposites. Here's how you're going to be successful. Whatever you see everybody else doing, do the opposite. 
Do you hear me? Whatever you see everybody else doing, if you do the opposite, you will be a success in life. When everybody else is going to the party, you're at home. You're going to be successful. When everybody else is smoking and drinking, if you do the opposite, you're going to be successful. When everybody else is having sex outside of marriage and bragging about it, if you'll do the opposite, you're going to be successful. If you just look around and see what everyone else is doing and say, I'm going to go in the opposite direction, you're going to be successful. When there's a big riot and everybody's out there fighting and everybody's punching and guns are flying and all that kind of stuff, if you just stay put, you just stay behind. Let them call you what you want to. But it's better to be alive than it is to be dead before your time. So when everybody else is wanting to fight and shoot and have all kinds of things out in the, you, you just do the opposite. When everybody runs out there, you do the opposite. Recently we were at, y'all can be seated because y'all were trying to fall asleep on me. Listen, we were at a recent baseball game, and, and, uh, and the, the, the benches, both benches cleared. Uh, and my, son's, uh, my son was actually hurt at that time. And so when the benches cleared, he couldn't go. And, and I've been in an environment where things got crazy. You hear me? I was in Los Angeles when Rodney King got beat up and when they came down with the verdict and I was driving up the street and I saw all of these people out and they were pulling people out of cars and beating them up and, and rioting and all that kind of stuff. I was there then. But I didn't try to go and find out what was going on. I went out there and said, what's happening out here? No, I stayed with my track. I was going to school that day. I went to school that night and uh, mili- um ministry school, I didn't go out trying to figure out, I didn't go out trying to rob a, 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 a storefront or anything like that. I stayed where I was supposed to be. And guess what? I didn't go to prison. I didn't go to jail. I didn't get beat up. It's the law of opposites. The Bible says narrow is the way. In other words, you might be the only one not doing it, but you'll be the only one living too. Are you all hearing me? Narrow is the way that leads to life. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. If you don't hear anything else today, hear this. What everybody else is doing, you do the opposite. And if you do that every single time, you're going to be in good shape. Every single time. Unless you're running with a group of people that are worthy to be followed. A lot of times, even even now, you're going to be tempted, tempted when you leave uh, your surrounding, when you leave your family, when you stop having to go to church yourself anymore. You're going to be tempted to do what everybody else is doing. You're going to be common. You're going to be common. Because everybody, nobody's getting up and going to church 
in the morning. So, so nobody, no one's giving, getting the life food in them. But if, you, if you'll do the opposite, if you'll do the opposite, you'll find yourself a good place, a good church where you can be fed, where you can be built up. I'm, I, listen to me. You are going to be better off. There is a tremendous temptation to leave what you have learned. To go in the direction of all your peers and what everybody else is going. Let me tell you something. Wherever you're going, unless you're going into a healthy spiritual environment when you leave here, if you're going out there in this world, the world, the world is the us's. The world is the populace. And they don't have Christ on their mind. They don't have God on their mind. But if you'll stay the course, if you'll keep on, you know what? Be the oddball. Be the dweeb. Be the guy that square. Listen to me. It'll be all right because in the end, it's the nerd that gets the best looking girl. Yeah. No, just <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> It's the opposite. Listen to me. You do the opposite. Let's do two more. <laughs> we're, we're good to go. I mean, look at me. <laughs> Listen to this number four. And we got one more after this. God offers us a far better way, but it will most always be the opposite of the way we know best. God offers us a far better way, but it will almost always be opposite of the way we know best. That's kind of a reiteration of what I've just said. But number five, listen to this. Always find a greater reason to exist than yourself. That's for all of us. Always find a greater reason to exist than yourself. If you do, you'll be doing the opposite of everyone else, of most of your friends. If you find a reason to exist that's far greater than yourself, then you're going to go to some places, you're going to do some things, you're going to go some, some places that no one else is going to go because it's not about you anymore. And that, my friend, is what gives your life significance. Because if you don't give your life significance God's way, then you'll seek significance in all the other ways. You'll try to make yourself significant by doing stuff, by being a part of stuff, by trying to be a part of the group, by trying to be a part of the whole. Mm -mm. There's a thousand upon thousands of kids or people who look like, talk like a lot of other people. If you want to distinguish yourself, then do the opposite. And I guarantee you, you'll thank God and thank Pastor Logan <laughs> later for choosing the narrow way. You choose the narrow way, I'm telling you, you won't regret it. 
you will not regret it. When we choose the large way, then there'll be regrets. God redeems our regrets. God can fix up some stuff. But here's what I want you to know. Why have to do reconstruction when you can build from the front end and don't have to tear nothing else down? The temptation will be there. I want you to know that. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to do it another way. You're going to be tempted to go the world's way. And there are people, even in this room today, who wish they had had this message and they wish they had stayed with it throughout the course of their life. They wish they had done the opposite. They wish they weren't in that place at that time. They wish they had not followed all the other people. They wish they had stayed home that night instead of going to the party. They wish. And you've got to learn how to listen to your inner man who's going to tell you sometimes, you need to get out of there. You need to leave there. You need to go another direction today. And if you listen to that, it will always be opposite. Always be opposite. Always be opposite. There are people, there are going to be times when you'll hear about how you've just saved your life because you weren't in that car or you weren't in that house or you weren't with that girl because you chose to do the opposite. See, the payday for you all, if you'll do it this way, will be later. It won't be on the front end, but it'll be later. If you will do what you need to do now, you won't have to pay the penalty of regret. And regret will beat you up. So are you ready to do the opposite? Are you ready to go in another direction, opposite of the way the world is going? Last, last scripture I want to share with you and we'll be done. We believe in these young men, do we not? Don't we believe in them? We believe in them. I want to leave you with this thing, this last scripture. It says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Your guys are growing up. Can't stop it. It is what it is. You can be childish until you're 45. You can be childish until you're 35. You can be childish until you're 20. And childish people, they do foolish things because they follow the crowd. And Paul is saying right here, when I was a child, I talked and spoke and I acted like a child. But when I became a man... Y'all becoming a man? Are you becoming a man? So now's the time to put away childish things. Now's the time to begin to think and act and operate like a man. To talk like a man, to respond like a man, to be proactive like a man, to think broadly like a man, to weigh things out, to say, hmm, that looks like trouble. Let me go in the other direction. Can I read one last scripture to you? Turn to Proverbs chapter 7 and we'll be done. Church, are you all getting anything out of this? 
Proverbs chapter 7. It says this. I'm going to direct this at you guys. It says, follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. Obey my commands and do what? Put your hand down. Obey my commands and do what? Live. Thank you, sir. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Let them protect you from the affair with an immoral woman, from the listening to the flattering of a promiscuous woman. While I was at the window of my house, Looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path of her house. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of heart. She was brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets and the markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him. And with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and, you, and here you are. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I perfumed my bed with myrrh, alloys, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not at home. He's, all, he's away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money with him and won't return until later this month. Now, what should y'all be saying right about now? Y'all should be saying, I'm, we're getting out of here, right? So listen to, my, listen to me, my sons. Wait a minute. Did I miss something? Yeah, verse 21. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. You don't want to be no ox going to no slaughter, do you? He was like a stag caught up in a trap awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Of what? Many. And we don't want to be many, do we? We want to be few. Better to be few than many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the <laughs> her bedroom is the den of death. Listen to me. <laughs> We're gonna close with this one. Shoot, that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, so here's, here's what you should see. When you see a, a girl 
And, and, and this is really more than just that. It's more talking about temptation, period. It's talking about lust, period. Lust for all kinds of things. You need to see yourself strangling, dying, shot in the chest. Hands and arms clipped, tied, trapped. If you don't get out of here. As a rather famous movie of late has come out, get out. <laughs> you should hear that voice. Get out! <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. We're closing up right here. Listen to me. You will do yourself a great favor when you begin to image. You know the image I have? Here's the image I have so that I will never, ever, ever, ever ever, ever lose my wife and my family. I see myself, if I ever, ever venture into a life of some other person other than my wife, other woman, other than my wife, I see myself getting strangled, killed, losing all my family. My children don't want to talk to me no more. Um, I'm sitting out on the underpass of some place in a cardboard box just trying to make a life. And that keeps me straight. I tell my wife, I ain't going nowhere. It's too dangerous out there. <laughs> I don't want to live in a cardboard box. But if you'll do the same thing, I think there are some images that are very negative that are very positive. The image of you being tied up and strapped or messed up for the rest of your life, that's an image that you want to hold on to. Because that's what it will be if you choose the, to do it the majority's way. And it's a trap. But if, you'll, if you will counter that by doing the opposite. See, emotions come around. You have to develop emotions because emotions, emotions from something that's bad are good things. When you can feel yourself losing it all, getting tangled up, well, you're not going to do it. But if it's just you're numb in that area, then you'll go and test it. I don't want you to do that. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.